welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with Games Boss at Giant Space Cat, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? Georgia, wake up! Wake <laughs> up, Georgia! Wake up! Are you awake? What year I, is it? I all don't ask me. Don't ask me dates. <laughs> what country? Are you that in? does not say whether or not what I'm country awake. Are you in? How many children do you have? I uh, uh what, what 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 is what day is the Apple event this coming up? That I actually know. Oh my God, September okay. Okay. Uh, nine. Steve, I will tell you how I am. I'm disappointed in Georgia Dow, and oh, we are damn. one minute and 34 seconds into the show. Already? That's how That's I like, do is that a, yes. is that like is, is that like a, I can't even speak. I'm not even going to speak. I'm going to stop speaking. This is going so well already. <laughs> Mostly the stuff Georgia said was good yeah, so yeah, far. Right. Can, can, before, before I start the show this week, can I just tell everyone it has been the most relaxing non-confrontational peaceful week for me at giant space cat so i just want you to know like georgia if you need some professional tips about how to deal with the stress in your life call me i will give you professional tips on that i I can't wait for your entry in the anxiety video series that's That's exactly it brie we're gonna have like a little tiny brie section you should do that you should do that and a word from our brie by the way georgia (laughs) where, where are my free videos so I can pimp them on my Twitter. I totally hear you. I have I have the video. It's my uh-huh. video. So I, what we had to do is I just had to cut something for um, we're doing a little what's in the video for the website. And so I had to cut it. So we just did that right now. And then I'm sending it off. So it is sitting actually right in front of me staring at me. So I will not forget. It's there. This is it. This is the noise. The We're stuff. not going to introduce who Georgia is or why she might have a video. We'll just leave it up to the new listeners to speculate as to what that video might be and why she might want to send it to Bree and why it's a personal video. Well, we have so, to do yeah. things in order. So let I know. I know. Wait, we have to wait to nine minutes before I get introduced. <laughs> So let me introduce uh, editor at the Mary Sue and Hot Ryu uh, connoisseur. Yeah. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing great, Steve. And you all are lucky that I didn't demand that Hot Ryu be a topic this week because I considered it. I'm okay with Hot Ryu being a topic. I, 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 you know, the reason why I backed down on it was because I got so much hate on Twitter about Hot Ryu for being like a misandrist objectifier of men that I just like got really burned out on it within like 48 hours but just kidding i'm not burned out hot ryu is still great did, did you read the kotaku in action forum post hating i you? did there's yeah. Yeah. several comments about my rampant misandry but then luckily something else happened midway through the week <laughs> that caused everyone to completely forget about harassing me for being a misandrist objectifier of men so that was lucky for me but Maybe not because it happened at my own website at which I work and moderate comments. So, oh, you God. know, you moderate the comments this week. <laughs> yeah, we all trade off. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. Like like today, today, Brie, we were trading it off in chunks of 200. Like and we were like <laughs> saluting each other and being like time to go serve another tour of duty in the comment section. It was adorable. <laughs> the Mary Sue oh. is a friggin awesome place to work. Let me just say that. Aww. Anyway, introduce somebody else, Steve. Wait, wait, go wait, go Georgia, ahead. Georgia, before we have to have a girly moment here. Georgia. Oh, my God. Georgia, let me let me show you this. I will show you a Please? picture of Hot Ryu. Why don't you dig up a picture of Hot Ryu while I introduce um, psychotherapist and uh, senior editor from imore.com and anxiety video sender offer, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? 
I'm so I'm so tired. I'm really, really, really tired. This will make you less tired. <laughs> well, look at this picture of Hot Ryu that I dropped into the Skype chat. Oh, It'll wow. just wake you right oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's he's like beefcake Rue is really what Yeah, he's a beefcake. He's been compared to the the Joel from The Last of Us, and there's there's maybe like what? a little bit he's of way hotter. He's way hotter. No, yeah. don't get me wrong. He's way hotter. This is this is objective fact. Like, this is the like, kind of here. objective, uh, insightful analysis that people come to isometric. To I think so. Oh, come on, Steve. How many games have I played with some girl like with her boobs hanging out with like well, waving her butt in Bri- my face? Okay, so like, given yeah. that I had to explain yeah. the difference between these things to people on Twitter who don't care all week, I would say the difference between what you're describing and Hot Ryu is that Hot Ryu is not intended by Capcom to be hot. It is just an unfortunate or fortunate side effect that people happen to find him attractive but he is not designed for this intention like women and queer people are not assumed to care about street fighter like we are not the core audience chest doesn't jiggle among its own vectors no it does not and the camera is not going to pan over his abs or his butt or any of that stuff while he does his specials it's just not and that camera is going to do that for Cammy and Armika and Chun-Li. Yeah. And I know that because I played the Street Fighter V beta all week. So right. I can guarantee right. you there's a lot of boob panning in it. But anyway. Yeah. And it's it's just, he he was he was actually pretty good looking even before. Just saying. Oh yeah, Ryu was no. always really hot. No, no not what? anywhere. Yes. I mean, yeah. he looks way better now. I think <laughs> Ryu was always cute. I think the beard is a really good look for him though. I think it does look good. Yeah. Nice beard. Somebody pointed out that the beard helps mask the uncanny valley of like how the character's chins normally look. And that's part of why he's attractive. I can't remember who pointed that out, but I think it's a good point. It's like a clever trick that helps him look a little more realistic without having like the polygon effect of a head. Anyway, that might be why he's so hot. But, you know, why analyze perfection? I think he's converted me to lumber sexuality. That's just (laughs) all I'm saying. So you are moving Jeez. to Canada then? Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, you know, that, that's the logical end of this show, really, is that we all move to Canada. So, Georgia, Georgia, you, look, you committed this week. If Trump gets the nomination, I am staying with you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Big screen. It's good. You'll be fine. Okay. So that's anyway, good. we so. had like other things to talk about on this show besides hot Ryu. Yeah. So anyway, people forgot all about telling me that I'm I'm horrible for hot Ryu because something else happened later <laughs> later this week. Really? I don't yeah. know this. So uh, Bree decided to set the internet on fire. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and co-wrote with uh, with Ellen McGrody a uh, an article laying out the theory and all the evidence that. Uh, Samus from Metroid is, in fact, a transgender woman. So I pre- like the name uh, Transmus. Transmus. I'm going to try to get that trans-mus. Yep. Transmus yep. Aaron. Transmus. Yep. So, uh, Bree, it's your art. It's well, it's the article that you co-wrote. Do you want to you want to talk about uh, all the fires that you said on Twitter? Oh today? my god! First of all, Maddie, before I like tell the story, it's like. The Mary Sue angry at me for saying no. your comments on section. No, 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 no. I bet you brought them a lot of extra page hits. Yeah, we did. We did. I mean, there were a few, there were like a few things this week that made it a real banner week for us because we did an article about Nicki Minaj as well that people really loved. So it's like between those two articles, we're really knocking it out of the park this week for sure. Yeah. yeah. Check us out. We're the coolest website. 
I literally fist pumped as I did that. No one can see me right now. <laughs> Guys, I like my job. What's up? Anyway. I, I love, uh, can I say Carolyn is very easy to work with as far as being an editor, super professional. So She's uh, also a lovely boss. I am obviously highly motivated to say that, but I swear it's also true. No, she's cool. Uh, I've worked with bad editors. I won't tell you their names on the show, but I have worked with bad editors. Is it Georgia? Anyway. I know. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, better not be talking about me, Bree. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So let me tell you about this article. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, the things I do that end up getting me in the biggest trouble are things I don't think about. Like, uh, you know, like I remember. <laughs> you mean you the- do this? You do this naturally. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying that there are some things I do, and I go, "Oh, this is really going to get me in trouble." And I really think about it, and like it's manageable. But the stuff I don't think about is what really ends up, like you know, tweeting. Like, you know, the isometric fan, like, ha, ha, ha. Like, let's throw out this <laughs> yeah. game meme about Gamergate. Yeah. <laughs> Entire <laughs> life ruined after that. Oh, so uh, anyway, so um, someone uh, took uh, a conversation between my co-author, uh, Ellen McGrody, and me um, talking about the possibility that uh, Samus could be a transgender woman. Um, I'd never heard about this. I think Maddie told me about it once on the show, but I'd never really heard about the evidence. And I saw um, on Tumblr that this was something that was like getting a lot of traction uh, last week, and it was tweeted at me a few times. And the, the headline of this was, Samus is transgender, deal with it. And um, I started looking at it, and you know, I'm always looking to kind of represent audiences that are not really getting represented. You know, it's why I started Isometric, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I looked at this and I started looking at the Google evidence that, you know, Samus was transgender. And I saw that no really mainstream publication had ever kind of written an article about it. So wanting to do what I thought would be a quick, easy, nice thing to do, I um, just tweeted, uh, I DM'd uh, my co-author, Ellen, and I said, hey, do you want to, like, put together all the evidence that Samus is transgender and uh, we'll, like, knock together a quick article about it? Maybe we'll publish it on Cosmodrome or, oh, I guess I could send it over to Mary Sue, maybe. And she's like, yeah, okay. I'm in. And, um, you know, we banged this thing out in like... It's all just uh, casual. Yeah. I mean, it probably was. Like, I believe you that it was this casual. I believe. I believe you completely. So, you know, we banged this thing out in about two hours. And I'm like, all right, okay, that's done. Now on to my real work for the evening when I was working on my Mac Live Well, but I mean, you thought people would dig it. Like, you thought thought, people would share the article. I thought it would get... I, I am used to... So when Gamergate first started coming after me, Anita Sarkisian and I talked, and she said, Brie, I need to tell you, from now on, no matter what you do, people will attack you anytime you open your mouth about anything. And she was beyond correct about that. So I, I've come to be used to being under attack all the time. Um, and I thought that this would get like a lot of um, traffic from, you know... You know, the trans community, especially, who is very correctly frustrated with a near constant lack of representation. And I expected Gamergate to get upset about it, but um, I I truly didn't think that much about it. So um, anyway, ran the next day uh, and I sat down and I tweeted it out. 
And, like, Twitter just starts exploding to the point, like, I know I've gang a lot of tweets when Twitter crashes on my machine because it can't oh cache it all. Oh and it gets stack override. So I go and I look at it, and I'm like, wow, a thousand comments in, like, a few minutes? Um, is that normal for the Mary Sue? <laughs> and then I go and I look at another article, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> so... Um, so the, the basis of the argument was basically this, um, it's actually super similar to the, uh, the poison, um, thing, which by the way, a lot of people believe some urban myths about, but, um, yeah, basically, uh, in 1994, one of the designers of Samus ends up giving this interview and makes frankly, a kind of transphobic joke slash empowering comment, depending on how you read it, basically calling Samus a new half, uh, which is kind of, it would um, it would be similar to some pejorative terms we're all aware of for transgender people. So Ellen did a whole bunch of research on it and, um, you know, started on deconstructing this term and found out it was kind of like the n-word in the united states that Mm -hmm. some people within that community kind of claimed it for themselves to kind of take the the power away from it it would also be that way with the f-word and dan savage and the gay community um so like she was actually putting together uh an argument that is a little too nuanced for gamer kate that yeah you know, th- this <laughs> well, person in that it has nuance at all yeah <laughs> they're really really hard to read past the headline i, I found yeah. it's hard for them so yeah <laughs> and, and the headline i stand by that headline yeah the headline is deliberately provocative i was actually trying to credit the original tumblr post in like a kind of sly way um, and if I thought through it a bit more, like I probably would have realized it came off as a bit brusque. But I was also trying to get people to read an article. You know, like um, BuzzFeed is really, really good at writing headlines that make you want to read it. And, you know, I completely stand by that. You know, a lot of... Um, a lot of leftist writers in particular kind of feel that this um, kind of academic, completely factual take on everything is the only way to go. And I, I think like you've got to get people to read your stuff. A message doesn't do any good if they're not going to hear yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was it was a bunch of subtle arguments there about, you know, the history of this comment and, you know, like reclaiming the comment. And I, I have to say, like, a lot of the comments I read on the Mary Sue seem to be at least sympathetic to the idea, though I think correctly they said it wasn't a slam dunk case. Um, but then, oh my God, like, Maddie, you had to moderate it. Like, what, was, yeah. what, what went on? Um, what went on? on it, yeah. Like, honestly, I, I think the title's fine, but a lot of people did not read past the title. <laughs> and a lot of people came, and I should just clarify that these people were clearly from Kotaku in action and Gamergate. Like that is uh, some of them self-identified as such, but, but these are people who are identifying as, as anti-trans rights. So, I mean, like there were a lot of comments from people who were not even pretending to be kind. Right. <laughs> so there's much, a lot of that, but um, there were also a lot of comments from people talking about, claims that you actually refute in the article. So like making it very obvious that they didn't read the article by bringing up points that are refuted in the article itself. Uh So that's 
kind of disappointing is is just and it's it's something I see a lot in my own work too where where people kind of read the first couple sentences and then they think they know what the rest of the argument is going to be and right. they think they know everything about feminism already so they go ahead and assume they know your argument and they argue against it but but usually the argument that they are making is actually like a lot more extreme and absurd than whatever I actually wrote or in this case what you actually wrote so I don't know. That's that's just kind of disappointing to me is that I ended up just deleting hundreds of comments from people who clearly didn't read the piece and just had a knee-jerk reaction to the idea as opposed to looking at the arguments that were presented. And I mean, I we can talk about the knee-jerk reaction. You did a follow-up piece as well the next day that was specifically addressing the fact that a lot of people who talked to you hadn't read the piece and just had this transphobic knee-jerk reaction to a character that they have some identity with and have decided is a certain way and couldn't even consider another interpretation, like even a canonical one. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it was transphobic. Like there's no way around it. I mean, there, there's so much assumption there that this character is automatically cisgendered and there can be no other interpretation of the character constantly. And they feel Mm -hmm. a real sense of ownership of it. And, you know, they're just unwilling to hear any argument, you know, uh, outside of it. And what really gets me is how completely uninformed so much of the stuff um, they were talking about was like, um, you know, one it's not just the terrible stuff. Like, the worst comments I repeatedly got was, like, how dare you tear down this strong um, you know, female character and replace her by a man? And I'm like, oh, my God, do you even know how terrible that is? Probably yes. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just that. It was the stuff that was like, well, you see her as a child, so, of course, she's cisgendered. And, I mean, I have friends with gender-variant children who, you know, the whole reason they were, you know, got a diagnosis is because, like, they gravitated very heavily from a young age and had parents that were, like, you know, decent enough to, let smack it out of them, right? Which is the the healthy thing to do. So, you know, like, they... they they have this diagnosis and it's entirely feasible that, you know, a child could like understand her own gender identity at three years old. So I don't know. It was, um, it's, it's really been a hard few days. Like I'm trying to deal with it by, you know, having a bit of a sense of humor about it, but, uh, the amount of fire I've gotten for this has been just about as bad as I've gotten over anything. And I've taken a lot of fire this year. Yeah. Yeah. And it is very strange, personally, to see so many people referring to a 2002 manga that I'm 99% certain they also didn't read and that I did read. And I deleted a lot of comments from people where I, as a Metroid fan, was very annoyed by their misrepresentation of a manga. So that's just my own stupid problem. But for what it's worth, the manga itself is... It's it's as disputably canonical as this quote is. And although it is considered to be canon, there are things that happen in the manga that contradict games that are also canon. Several things that happen in the manga contradict the games. And so it's it's really disputable. And and anything that happens in the manga is disputable, even leaving aside the fact that there's absolutely nothing in the manga that contradicts that Samus is trans. But but regardless, like almost using the manga as your proof 
has a lot of holes in it too. And I, I mean, the creator who made this comment made it pretty early on in the process, like about 20 years ago. And the manga came out in 2002. And like, we talked about how, like in the article, you talk about how Sakamoto is, is the creator who was the one who was more likely to not want to confirm that rumor and to joke around about it after the fact, as opposed to Matsuoka, who I think was the creator who originally made that claim. And Sakamoto is the the guy who made the manga. And so it kind of makes sense that he would be the person later on to, to, to be writing the games in the Metroid franchise that I like the least, which are represented in the manga and other M is Sakamoto's doing also. And like to be seeing a thread full of people being like, well, as we all know, other M isn't Canon, but the manga is Canon, like in the same comment without having read the manga and therefore realizing that the Canon of other M was inspired by that manga and written by Sakamoto and displays a version of Samus that a lot of people don't like. I mean, I realize this is really getting into the weeds, but I've read a lot of comments about Metroid this week that made me really mad (laughs) because people just, they don't realize how many contradictions there already are there. And like that really any of these things could be conceivably canon in quotes. And that even trying to argue about that, they really don't know what they're talking about. Like it's, they're making the wrong argument. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they don't know enough to even make any claim. Really. You could claim it. You, you could absolutely claim that Samus is trans based on what we have as easily as you could make any of these other claims about the manga for sure. Anyway, Metroid. Georgia, Georgia, can I ask you a brain question about this? Please. Okay. So what is it that makes people get this angry about, a fictional character's identity. They're getting upset about somebody who's, just, you know, who's not even like a real person. Like what, yeah. what is yeah. it that makes people react with this level of anger and this level of vitriol over some, someone that we can all agree is not even a real person. Yeah, like to just give one a one second example of that. I keep thinking about this one tweet I saw of a guy who was like, I played Super Metroid like six times. So I know what I'm talking about. Like, I just keep thinking about that guy and how he was trying to use that as his citation. And I'm like, dude. Same here. That doesn't like help you. What do you address is her too? I get like definitely bone. Yours counts more. He's it doesn't though. Is the thing, before. Georgia? Like you're kidding, but it doesn't. Like not. We're all fans here, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, answer well, the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a really interesting phenomenon because we we form attachments and they become, we consider them part of our identity and part of our youth and growing up. And a lot of people, they actually, they relate to these characters and they become a piece of who they are as a person. And then when someone even suggests that this could be different than what I've already formed upon my identity, you end up with the cognitive dissonance where you're now attacking my identity so then I can't claim it anymore. And then you end up with this in-group, out-group phenomenon of, well, then that doesn't fit anymore into my belief scheme, and now I have to change. And people don't like to be able to do that. It causes them usually a good deal of, of feeling frustrated and upset. And sometimes if you're, this is it, one is if you're not as emotionally, um, I don't want to say 
mature. But if you haven't evolved, if you're, you're not really great with emotional resilience, it can even make you really, really angry, even though it's just a, you know, it's something that doesn't even affect you. And you can see the same thing happening when you see people having fights about like Coke or Pepsi, right? Like <laughs> truly, I've, I've seen people almost go to, to, to like fists because of this and it doesn't affect them. Or the, we could even take it one step further, and so you can kind of see the progression, something that we identify with more. So people get into fist fights, and we've seen it many times happening with sports teams. These teams are probably didn't even grow up where they are. They're just being paid for. They switch over, but people identify with them as if they're a piece of themselves. And so if your sports team wins, then you feel like you've won too. If they're doing well, then you're doing well. And so... We form this attachment to it, and then it becomes part of our ego. And so when we suggest that something might be changed, something that I believe I actually have an ownership to, that becomes – it could become dangerous and it can become damaging to the system that they're dealing with. And that's why you end up with people having very visceral reactions when if they could take a step back, they might not even understand themselves why it matters so much, right? So I get people angry at me for like Android or Apple issues. And like, I I don't have any stock in either. I don't work for either. It doesn't, well, my website, you know, handles Apple stuff, but you know, I love them both. That's great. More better tech is better for everyone. Better sports teams is better for everyone. And so I think that it's that form of identity that goes back to the limbic system, which deals with you know, protection of my own system that's reacting when people get so upset. And if they waited a week or two weeks after it's been said, it would be a much calmer reaction. But unfortunately, then people make the other mistake, which is they um, text or type while they're really upset, which is the rule that you should never do. Yeah, but it also indicates like an unconscious bias there because if if someone hears these people, I think they're like well, okay, yeah, a conscious bias (laughs) for some, but I think there's an unconscious bias for others. Like in that's indicative with with the comments that are more from people being like, oh, I don't know, I uh, it would be fine if she were trans, but I don't really believe that she is, and this evidence isn't really enough for me. And it's like, okay, well, you're really just saying that to be insulting to the people who do want to claim this character as trans and for whom it is really important that she be trans and yeah. and like why are you it, it, like that that defensiveness like to that person doesn't seem cruel and i get why it doesn't seem cruel to them but it but it actually is cruel in a way and like depending on the the level of hostility voice like there's a whole range of different ways that that comment has played out that i have either approved or deleted depending <laughs> but but i mean there there were a lot of people who were in that middle ground where they were like i just don't see why she has to be tra-. And, and it's like no that's not what's going on here it's not that she has to be it's that it's something that was talked about a really long time ago that ended up being really important to a lot of people in the intervening years. And that should be okay. Like there are plenty of other silly video game things that were just one joke long ago that don't have the social stake in them. So we don't think about them as being that. And then eventually they became canon and and now we accept them. But because this is something that people already have a knee-jerk reaction to because of transphobia and like societal issues with transphobia that means that they are more likely i think to be less receptive to even considering the idea 
Well, I think that it's wonderful that the article, like, that was written and that, you know, it's, I think that we are, like, just by having it out there and us discussing it, we are changing people's belief systems, which is a really interesting phenomenon. But even it's, and and this is going to be, I think, probably way too far removed so from, from some people it won't make sense, but so that your child might not like green vegetables. But by just having the green vegetables on the plate and them seeing them, they're thinking about it and it is changing culture and thought. And so just by discussing it, by having articles out there, it is slowly changing a, a cultural phenomenon to being something that can be discussed, that can be talked about, and that can be seen. So I think that in that way, even for people that were in the mid-ground of saying, well, I, I don't agree with this, but at least they read it and it is planting seeds of change because it is now something that we are putting out in the mainstream to, you know, deal with and discuss and talk about. And I think that that's really important also. Yeah, I would agree with that, but I just... I just want them to grow up faster, Georgia. I, I totally I totally agree with you, which would be wonderful. Um, and, and I guess as a psychotherapist, I think that the process is a, is a wonderful thing as well. And I love that, you know, you know where the tides are moving to. And I think that that's great. So I think that that's I, really exciting. I, I, I don't agree with you, Georgia. And, and let me tell you why. <laughs> so I, I had a... I, I linked to a piece earlier this week. Um, actually, it was on the plane back from PAX. And it was like called What Nerds Don't Understand About Politics. Uh, it was written by a political scientist for Vox. Um, it really hit me very hard for a lot of reasons. So this this political scientist has made an entire career about studying in scientific ways climate change deniers. So the entire premises of his piece was kind of talking about how a lot of nerds kind of find um, politics stuffy Mm -hmm. and kind of just opt out of it, right? Um, And how there's this common silly, I think, opinion with some nerds that like the smarter you are, the more you fall right in the middle, and like then you see on both sides. And he was getting into the science behind it. I I I will probably end up writing a long conversation because a long article about this because I called him this week and actually had a really extended phone conversation with him about this subject. I think that as I hear you talking about this, you have you're like, well, you need to be very calm when you're talking at your argument, you know, or these people will change very slowly. I think scientifically, I I think there's a lot of scientific evidence that shows the feminists are neurocognitively very different than Gamergate, you know, and I think that they are a particular group that is so activated psychologically that you can't reason with them. You just can't. And I, I don't think there's like this wait for people to grow up. I think like you just literally cannot reason with them. I, I think it's like climate change people. There's nothing you can say to someone that doesn't believe the earth is, is warming up to get through to them. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that you're right, Bree, in that. I think that you're right. I think that, that um, you know, if someone believes something as their religion, as like, and I mean that as like their canon, not being religion right. as religion. Um, I think that you're right. I think that that there are certain sets of people that it it actually, um, and this is probably what 
what the man that you were speaking with is that if you believe something exceptionally staunchly in a way that is like canon, actually hearing reverse arguments in any way, shape, or form will actually make you stronger, a, a greater bias towards your facts as being true. Right. And so in that case, yes, it doesn't actually matter what you weigh, shape, or form. What I'm speaking about is, is those are those that are not polarized to the extremes, and that's where the culture is actually based. And we can already see, if you take five years ago to now, a huge change in people and the manner in which they think. Are we there? No. Is it fast enough? No. Are there different ways to, to get us there? Definitely, and that are needed. So what I'm talking about more is the milieu versus the people that are polarized. But for people that are polarized, you're right. There's nothing that you could weigh, shape, form, show. You know, you could, you could show someone that, you know, believes that men are missing a, a rib compared to women or anything else. You could show them an actual skeleton. It does not matter. It's not about facts. It's about, you know, a different system in the mind. And we are highly protective to that. And so uh, of that, I also agree. I, I think what I was going to finish saying was I, I think that it's a dirty reality of the situation, but sadly, like, I wish there was a way to, like, reason people they're transphobes and, like, say something to them to get them to do you know, develop empathy for you know, people that really have a very, very, very rough road ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's not. And unfortunately, uh, the, there is some way. Well, so what we were talking, if you want to get into this, like we were talking today, and one of the things you can do is um, you can't change an opinion, but you can change someone's behavior. So if someone is constantly um, like seeing transgender people mm-hmm. in video games or the or the things around them then the behavior like the the exposure to it slowly starts to change and if you know you 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 if you get the video game industry in whatever way you can to kind of show this representation then the behavior slowly starts to to change so i think that's one way to do it do mm-hmm. you do you agree with them yeah i do i think also um you know, most people that were highly polarized to one opinion, and, and usually most of the studies on this have been in race relations, oh. um, but actually interacting with someone and noticing of all of their good qualities and having a personal engagement with them that, you know, is is positive or different than what they had expected. Also, we've had great changes in, in people that were, you know, you know, were, were highly leaning towards a certain polarized opinion. I think that seeing things in, in media as well and on movies that are that are really positive and in a different way. I, I saw, um, oh, what is the movie? The Mad Max movie. And I was like, the way that women were portrayed and older women, I was really impressed by. It wasn't a perfect mm-hmm. movie, but I just thought, wow, that's great. And that's mm-hmm. going to change the way that we see that. And so that's fabulous. And that also works. I, I guess I just feel like I... I... <sighs> Yeah, I've told this story on this show before, but um, there was there was a bully that was really picking on me when I was a child. You know, I remember being at a church camp and this bully kept getting up on my face and they had taunted me relentlessly for a year. Mm-hmm. And I just had this moment where I snapped and they were up in my face and screaming at me and I reared my leg back and I kicked them in the face as hard as I could. It's the one time in my entire life that I have hit anyone. And... 
you know, that bully came back and then proceeded to beat the crap out of me. And, you know, but I'll tell you this, they never bothered me again. Right. And I, I right. think to a certain extent, I think when it comes to transphobes, um, Maddie, I'm like really disheartened to hear you say like, well, I wrote this really important piece about, you know, male sexuality and how that's different than women being sexualized. But I kind of got so much crap this week that I kind of didn't want to talk about that disheartens me because that is their whole freaking goal. And I think like you have to stand up and you know, like right now I've got this writer on Forbes. It's like blasting me personally for writing this piece. And it's like the piece on, on Samus. Yeah. And I think to a certain extent you have to stand up and say, look, I get that you don't want to think about transgender women in your games. I don't give a fuck. This is important. I am really tired of having friends of mine commit suicide. I am really, really tired of hearing about friends of mine that are homeless. I am really, really tired of talking to friends of mine that are on the edge of committing suicide because society treats them like crap all the time. You know, I'm angry about this, and I really think it's it's kind of time to just sit down, stand up for what you believe, and kick a bully in the face. Rhetorically, of course. (laughs) Right, right. We we don't advocate physical violence on this show. No, of course not. But this this piece was... It was not a, it was not an Oprah moment, right? And and that's not what you're going to get when you have Brianna Wu on the scene. Like I'm somebody that talks about what I believe and I try to do it with empathy and compassion and even though I'm barely holding on psychologically, like I try to bring as much calmness and reason as I can given the hell they've turned my life into. But I think I think sometimes you just got to stand up and and have a fight. So, you know, yeah, and I think that just by writing the piece, that's a huge deal for people mm-hmm. because the more people that read it, it just, it again, it plants little seeds of change of saying, huh, and people discuss it. Even even people that disagree, it plants a seed. Guys, really, can we have an adult discussion? Like, outside of, like, your patients, Georgia, how many friends have you had that have committed suicide? Four. Okay. Like, I mean, Maddie... Have you two, ever had that happen? Two, two and one of them was because she was trans and was yeah. harassed for yeah. it and yeah. by so. a neighbor of hers until she committed suicide over yeah. it. I mean, Steve. No, I haven't. I haven't had any. I haven't I, known I've, anyone who's committed suicide. I've lost nine friends of mine at this point in my life. One of them was my roommate. You know, that. so, yeah. you know, yeah. like this really is a life or death issue. And, you know, I was talking about this on Twitter If you want to make someone feel like a monster in society, don't let them have a reflection like a vampire, right? And, you know, this doesn't just happen to transgender people. This happens to women in video games. It really happens to black people. Like, start paying attention to, like, how black people are portrayed in your movies. Yeah. It's it's not great. And games, yeah. And games. Games are even worse. Um, You know, this stuff really matters. This is life or death. You know, and I just, I, I'm sorry you had to moderate some terrible comments, Maddie. That's no, no, it's fine. It's yeah. honestly, it's easier to moderate comments that aren't on my own articles. We try to kind of pass that around so that you don't have to read personal attacks of your own 
thing because it's it's actually harder. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe Georgia could back me up on the psychology of that. I think it's easier though to defend a friend, yes, rather than to defend yourself in some ways because you can you can kind of disassociate and and help stand up for your colleague or someone you know. And it it it, it, beca- it comes out as less biased as well. So it's yeah. always a good thing to. Because I mean, I'm I'm one step removed from this issue in a couple different ways. I I didn't write it, and it's not part of my experience. So it's 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 my duty to edit those comments, and in a literal sense of it being my job, but also in a political sense of it being easier for yeah. me to do cool. than our trans writers. So I mean, I mean, I guess the only thing I was gonna, what I was going to say is that at least if you know for all the crap that that and all the people are reacting poorly to this, hopefully there are. At just as many as not more who maybe don't know what it is that someone who's transgender is going through and they definitely don't actually though. learn about what it is as opposed to what they think that it is. And maybe that will help change some minds also because I think that that's, that's something that there are some people who think that they know what it is and, they, and their perception of it is completely wrong. And then once they learn what it is, maybe then they'll, you know, they'll be a little bit more compassionate and a little bit more have a little bit more empathy for for those people well i mean games aren't helping i mean the main representations i can think of transgender people in video games are a joke in grand theft auto and you have poison and don't get me wrong i like poison but she is hyper-sexualized and feeds into this um, really harmful thing where the only worth of transgender people is their sex appeal I, I think game culture is particularly guilty of you know, turning transgender people into the butt of a joke. You know, um, I would really hope that isometric listeners would really think seriously about you know seeing movies like Ted Two and giving that horror show of a human being their money, who continually really does mean-spirited transgender jokes um like the trailer for that like had me turning white it was so terrible so you know this i don't know how to say it any more clearly it really matters mm-hmm. yeah. yeah all right well is should we move on to <laughs> should we move on to, to talking about some i've no I got more dark show. stuff to talk about steve okay oh good <laughs> yeah good. but this is at least get darker like, after that yeah spooky so, stuff so yeah so i guess we could talk about a, a game where everybody dies and, <laughs> and why well, are we talking about metal a, gear first bro it up with some metal gear yeah well, well metal gear came out this week yes. uh and Bree's the only one of us who has actually played it because you're the only i think you're the only fan of this series among wow. the four of us wow unless i mean george i know maddie and i have both I'm not speaking for you, but no, I mean, I, we talked about it earlier today. I, we have not played any of them, right? Right. I I played, I played the NES one, which was like Flappy Bird to me. And then I played like an hour of metal of the original Metal Gear Solid one. I've even talked on this show before about the fact that I haven't played them and incurred Bree's wrath because (laughs) now I don't understand all of the MGS references in Revolution 60 because I've never played them. So... (laughs) So, so Georgia, what's your, what's your, are you, are you for or against Metal Gear? I'm not a Metal Gear fan. (laughs) I don't not dislike it, but it's not a game that I I get excited about. So much like me whipping out my Metroid lore earlier, Bree needs to school us all 
on the importance and relevance of Metal Gear Solid for gamers today, gamers yes. and game enthusiasts <laughs> everywhere. Well, so I guess why don't you talk about the game first and what I mean, you've been saying some really positive things on Twitter yeah. this week. So which shocked me, by the way, because <laughs> I in the run up to this game, all I saw was people making fun of quiet. So I would love to hear your thoughts, Brie. Well, I haven't unlocked quiet yet. Um, so that's maybe <laughs> maybe that's why you love it. So maybe the game will go far downhill once I uh, once I uh, do unlock quiet. No, um, I'd like to talk about this. Uh, so Metal Gear is a really important series for me personally. If I had to to point to two games that really set me off on a, a trajectory of entering the game industry and in a larger extent working on you know, being a storyteller for a living, right? Like that's what I do with um, you know, the I, I very frequently have you've been drawn to media where I've been able to tell stories. My first startup, you know, is an animation company. So what I love about Metal Gear and you know, Final Fantasy VIII is it is a really lovingly detailed world. And it's hard to explain just how much Metal Gear Solid broke all the rules on PlayStation. I mean, it is very correctly recognized as one of the first truly cinematic games. Um, and I think, like, getting into the entire lore of Metal Gear on this podcast would be a little... Um, I'll would see be you a guys tomorrow. No. Yeah, no, basically. Uh, there's, a, there's something I'll link in the show notes because uh, Pace sure. put out, like, a six-page primer on the lore, which... I tried to read and it just it made my it made my head spin. Let me let me tell it very quickly. I won't get into what happened with Metal Gear Solid One, but this is the story of uh, a big boss. So, Steve, you played uh, Metal Gear on NES. the The enemy at the end, do you remember that you killed him before? Oh, I never got nearly that far. But I played like the first half hour of that game about twenty times. Okay, and never got any further than that. So, there's someone you killed in the NES game. His name was uh, Big Boss, and um, what the best Metal Gear Solid games have done is gone back in time and told you his story. Um, Metal Gear Solid 3 is just a beyond fantastic game about this soldier that's sent on a mission and uh, is kind of betrayed by his country and ends up having to kill his mentor. Sounds like sounds like Rambo. It, it's it's much deeper than Rambo. It's very spiritual. <laughs> Not like possible. I, I, no, okay, I, I, <laughs> I I cried when like your boss died. Really? Uh, so oh, wow. it, it's this is a, a really emotional game. This game is about this character, um, um, Venomous Snake, um, who's big boss after he's been like injured in a helicopter crash, and you know he's he's gone through a lot of stuff. He has PTSD beyond belief. You're basically trying to get all this Metal Gear lore. Like it's trying to link the PlayStation Metal Gear one with like these earlier Metal Gears. Um, that's not really important, but I can say it's a it's a really cinematically done game. Uh, I was really, really struck by the first hour of this, where honestly you're watching it 95% more than you're actually playing it. And when you are playing it, like um, you wake up in a hospital, one of your limbs has been chopped off, you've been in a coma for a decade. All your muscles are atrophied and you were like trying to limp along and crawl out of the hospital um, while people are dying all around you. And it is gruesome and it is horrible and it is really, really emotionally impactful. Um, 
so then you kind of get into the core of the game, um, which I would say is Far Cry meets Metal Gear. So if you liked taking over outposts in Far Cry, and I did, I've platinum Blood Dragon like three times, <laughs> um, you will really like this game because you are you're continually in Afghanistan and you're given like a whole bunch of tools to go in and like take over outposts. I'm not very far into the game itself and the story, but everything I've seen so far has, A, been brotastic. Like, I literally have seen one woman so far, and she got killed really quickly. <laughs> it's also, the, the combat of it is really, really solid. Uh, Georgia, you talk about, like, your love of killing orcs. I think you would probably like this game. It has a lot of the same mechanics behind it. How difficult is it, Brie, for for you? Like, my, my mm-hmm. issue with, like, time, because I'm so busy right now, is that area of entry to learn all the controls and when there's, like, really, like, you, it's really difficult control system on it. That is a fantastic question. So... I have played through every single Metal Gear that's ever come out multiple times. I have always felt that their controls are terrible, mm-hmm. terrible, terrible. The PlayStation 1 version of Metal Gear is terrible. Um, this is a game that is it's really close to, say, a Resident Evil with that kind of third-person camera kind mm-hmm. of look to it. So if you can play like Resident Evil 5, you'll be fine with this. Okay. It's 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 really solid. It's not as good as Far Cry, but it's it's very very good. Mm-hmm. So, um I don't know. I think I can't just be honest. This is the first game Bree, are you ever not honest? Yeah, sometimes I'm very diplomatic, actually, okay. believe it or not. I like um, how diplomacy is presented as the counterpoint to honesty right. here, but anyway, continue. Sure, let me let me just say how yeah. I feel here. Uh, this game really feels like a next-gen game. Um, I've played a whole lot of stuff on PlayStation 4 that's nice, but it doesn't really feel like games as a whole have moved forward technologically this game feels like that um on the same side of that uh this is a game that is really 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 hyper masculine um it's and and that's like par for the metal gear course yeah i thought it was very telling that you get to like create um your snake's face at one point can i make it a woman no, of course okay. not. Uh, don't be silly, Georgia. <laughs> Every single one of the options is a lot more Rambo, and it's not. Um, it's a lot less, say, Frank or Zach, if that makes sense to you, or Steve. <laughs> I, I mean that in the best way possible. I, so are you saying I'm not going to be able to see myself represented in this game, Brie? Because that might be a deal breaker for me. I, I am. I, I personally, um, I can say for me, I find guys that aren't like, hyper linebacker looking you know um i don't find that attractive and like every single one of the the archetypes in this game so far is like gears of war level broed up does that make sense to you so it does i have seen people tweeting some pictures of their snakes that didn't look too bad though so i don't i don't know like bloody bee honey who's robert on twitter made like a black guy snake and i know he was really excited about that and he said it his avatar Mm because it looks like him and stuff so i know you can 
do that. There are different races. There are different races, definitely. I don't know. It just, it didn't really, it didn't strike me as Snake wasn't as sexy as he's supposed to be, is what you're saying. I, I actually, you know, people make fun of me for saying this, but I really liked the original Metal Gear Solid because the snake that they brought to the forefront wasn't a tank. Like, he was lithe and lean muscle, like a a gymnast. Do you know what I mean? Because he was sneaking around. Agility was his thing. This game goes in the exact opposite direction of that. Does that make sense to you? It does, yeah. 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 It's more Rambo. More Rambo. Um, I also have to say, guys, 24 is my show. It is my show. I have. I remember. I really I remember. do. I, I, I have seen every episode of 24 multiple times. I 24 love Kiefer times. Sutherland at least, right? <laughs> I love Kiefer Sutherland. And I was really, really psyched to see him starring in this game. Um, I got to tell you, casting him was a horrible, horrible, horrible mistake. The problem is, um, just like in Ground Zeroes, a lot of people played it and they're like, Kiefer Sutherland doesn't really have much to say here. This is weird. Um, Well, it'll be okay for the real game. It's not. Um, He barely speaks at all. You're going to hear the same clips from him repeatedly, presumably because they couldn't afford to keep him in the studio a long time. So, like, there's this line he says as he's stopping his horse, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've heard that at least 100 times, uh, and and I've only been playing it 24 hours. Snake, as a character, works because there's all this... um, dialogue like through codex and all these other things you really get to know who snake is that's why he's such a popular character because he's there's a real philosophy to him he's a tragic figure um this snake is just wearing a face that looks like snake but it's not the same character there's not the same pathos i don't get the same emotion from him so i think um i think losing the original you know david Hayter, the original voice actor for snake was i think it was a colossal error of judgment so can i ask you a mechanical question about yeah him? of course so i think one thing that turns some people off from the series is like the reliance on stealth as a mechanic is it obviously the game is going to rely on that because that's the game but is it uh like punishing enough that you really need to be able to grok that in order to be able to progress or is it more forgiving in in a way that um you know some of the more modern games have been in terms of letting you be able to gun your way out if you end up you know, getting spotted by somebody. It is much, much, much more forgiving. So what they have introduced is what they call the reflex sight um, mechanic. I'll give you an example. Right before I came to do the show, I was trying to infiltrate a base and an enemy saw me. I happened to have my tranquilizer dart gun out. So an alarm starts going beep, 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 and time slows to a crawl. If you can turn your gun to them and subdue them or shoot them in the head without loud gunfire or tranquilize them or something in that time period, nothing happens. You know, you're fine. Um, It is the same terrible millions of guards are coming. You've got to mow down waves of enemies, like all that nonsense. If you do get caught Mm. for real Mm -hmm. Um, and there's nothing worse than kind of waiting for um, an alarm to go down. But I can say overall, the stealth mechanics of this game are a lot closer to Far Cry. And it's not the same pass fail mechanic with it. It is a drastically improved system. Are there any orcs? 
Um, I love it. No, no, there are no orcs. Um, I'm really, really skeptical about quiet. I I can't imagine what possible reason they could come up with for that outfit and that character uh, who's just completely naked and she's a sniper and I, in the sun. I yeah. already read the spoiler on that. Yeah, me too. Okay, Maddie, is it yeah. I, it- I mean, I'm not going to tell you the spoiler. I would rather hear it from you next week, actually. It's very silly, though. It's not going to be bad like we were worried that it was originally on this show okay, weeks ago. Good. But you may you may have interesting reactions to you it. You may laugh at it. I did. <laughs> What is it? Is she a nudist? I mean, what's going no, on? No, that actually, that actually I would be more willing to oh accept, I think. So they actually give a reason for why she doesn't They do. Clothing? They do. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We can talk about it next yeah, we, week, maybe. We had a, we, Maddie and I had a conversation we about We talked it about it, and Steve and I, I think it was like probably a, a, in the, the, uh, the extremely long series of text messages that the four of us have where, where sometimes not everything is seen. But if you scroll back, you can find a spoiler YouTube. Oh, really? Because I, I did share it in the thread. Yeah, I was, con- I was a bit concerned it was going to be ableist, but it turns out not to be. So Yeah, I would rather hear about how it's presented in the actual context of the game from somebody playing it. It sounded silly to me as an outsider. But yeah. it's possible that it's presented in a more serious way than w- me reading a Tumblr post about the explanation and being like, really? Because that was pretty <laughs> much how I reacted. But um, that might not be... It, I'm, it's possible I'm not being fair. I'm willing to grant that possibility. It's me, so not really. I'm, I'm grant, I grant nothing. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> there is now. so little that you could say about Metal Gear and explain, and it wouldn't sound silly. <laughs> Yeah, that does seem like it's an inherent part of the game. So that's part of why it's like maybe I shouldn't expect anything else from the genre because it, it already has this sort of inherent goofiness to it, yeah, right? Yeah. And, we're, and we're reading this with no context either. So, you know, maybe in context it makes more sense. I, I really, Maddie, you have good taste in games. I, how, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. I, like, how I did you... said this last time we talked about this. I'm really bad at stealth games. And anytime I play a game, I am very, very likely to choose a tank character or heavy character. And I pretty much always equip a machine gun and a shotgun. And I am the person <laughs> leaping over the barricade and using my chainsaw to kill the locust right away. Like I am that person. And that's always how I've played games. And it's because I clearly wish that I had a chainsaw in real life. And if I only <laughs> did, then I, then everybody would finally be afraid of me like I've always wanted. And that is how I play games, is as the power fantasy that I cannot live in real life. Yeah. And having to sneak around and hide and uh, not be noticed is pretty much how I live my life the rest of the time <laughs> as a very, very petite person who is not taken seriously at all. Uh, and if anyone's ever met me, then they would understand why I'd say that. Um, playing a stealth game just has no appeal to me as a form of escapism however i think metal gear is an important game and for many many years i have thought i should really get around to at least playing a couple of these and i feel guilty about it so maybe this will finally be the time um i keep saying i'll do it it's on the list to borrow my copy would you recommend like a specific platform like would you recommend the pc versions like is there any oh definitely controller setup like if i'm gonna go back and play the original ones um you recommend the pc you're just gonna be disappointed (laughs) is it worth is it worth going back and trying to play ground zeroes 
It, Ground Zeroes. Ground is Zeroes. This game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't play Ground Zeroes. I'd be more likely. It was free on PlayStation Plus, so it's already yeah, on, on my Yeah, it's worth it to figure out. Ground Zeroes was harder um, than this game is, the, the stealth version of it. So when I was playing Ground Zeroes, for the first half an hour, I wasn't having fun at all. And that kind of, kind of clicked, and I, I wasn't getting caught. Um, I, you know, I would say, Maddie, if you want to get caught up on the metal gear lore those those games don't hold up they just don't like i like especially metal gear one and two um three kind of dies um i would say it's sad if this is your first metal gear because snake just really isn't here you know what i mean like the character that the game is about he's barely present so yeah so so you're sure that there isn't even one Metal Gear that you would recommend to somebody? Because I'm sure we have listeners who are in my position where they might want to know what the snake that, that everybody talks about is like. I, I think Metal Gear Solid 3, is it holds up pretty well. The story okay. is the best story I've ever played in any video game, period. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievably good. And, you know, learning who Boss was as a character or Eva's betrayal... Um, it's, it's a really moving plot and it's, it's all set in the sixties too. So it's awesome. <laughs> all right. So should I like watch a cutscene movie of anything before I play it or could I just play it? You could play three and just pick it up because it's, it's where everything starts. It's a prequel, right? So it goes back in time. You'd get more out of it if you had played the later ones, but it's not required. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I may well do that. All right. All right. Awesome. All right. Cool. Uh, do, so do you want to do you want to save uh, until dawn for next week then, or do you want to? Let me talk about it super quickly, um, guys. Do you know that feeling when you can play like you get so sucked into a game that you just can't turn it off and just time blips away? Well, that is how. Awesome. Yeah, that is how good Until Dawn is. Um, if you liked Revolution sixty, Until Dawn is the same kind of game. Um, with a bigger budget. So um, what it is basically is it's a, a typical horror story, like a, a horror movie. Um, it's a very familiar setting of a bunch of uh, eight teenagers or in a cabin in the woods and, you know, there's a killer. Um, but it's a lot deeper than that. And um, so, like, Red 60 was... We put the story first, right? We put the characters first, and you spend a lot more time watching it than you did playing it. This is very much that same concept. It's also very similar to Heavy Rain. Um, so the idea is to keep everyone alive. It's really, really challenging because they have this mechanic called the butterfly effect where you'll do one thing and then it will like have consequences way, way, way down the line. Um, but it's, it is an extremely, extremely good game. We have talked so much on Isometric about the lack of innovation in game dev and the, how few people take chances in game dev. This is a game that takes a lot of chances and is truly moving the genre forward. Um, I just, I love this game. I, 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 it's, Absolutely in the game of the year running. Is it too scary to play, though? Well, do you like horror movies? <laughs> I can get through Resident Evil because I there's a lot of, like, player empowerment that happens there. But this sounds really scary. I'll do my best, Bree. I'll, I'll do play my best. I'm all in. Yeah, Georgia's fine. No one's yeah. worried about Georgia playing this game. <laughs> no. 
Georgia will just Georgia will just sit down on the on the couch next to her shark friend and just power through it. Yeah, the shark, shark will beat it, and Georgia will be like, "You suck." I I don't think it's super scary. Um, I think like is there jump out on Twitch? stuff? Yeah, there are a lot of jump scares. I want I want to watch Maddie play it on Twitch. Oh, then why don't I watch you play it on Twitch? I don't know. Jump scares are scary. No I matter what. I hate jump what. scares too. Ugh. Ooh. All yeah. right. That's all the game is, is jump scares. You're going to hate it then. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch a Let's Play of it. I realize that doesn't count, but you know what? <laughs> Whatever works. I'm a wuss. We just need to have Brie like, stream it and we'll just watch her play. Yeah. I, or I like we all play, play it together, it except yeah. that's never going to happen. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Um, sometimes I can do a horror game that's really scary if I switch off with somebody. So if it, right, it doesn't matter who. Do. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Except Zach won't do it with me because he never wants to play them at all. So I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? Should I dump him? Anyway. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just kidding. It's going pretty Keep well. Him. He has a good choice <laughs> of music. I remember. It's true. He's probably playing the drums right now. Well, anyway, like you, Maddie, I hate all men. And, oh well, uh, that's yeah, true. So definitely, that's true. Definitely. You actually managed to marry one, though, so you're yeah, one up on me there. It's a tough. It was a bad decision, Maddie. Oh my god, <laughs> it was a bad call. <laughs> oh, oh my god. So on that note, should we go on to what we're playing then? Yes, I, mean, yeah. I guess so. So Georgia, what have, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing the game of life. Okay. It's, um, oh. The one where you spin the wheel and you have the cars and the pegs that go into it? No, you know, the one that you go through your actual life and just try to survive Georgia. it. That's what I've been doing. So. Not even an iOS game? I've, Come on. Like, okay, fine. I've, I've been playing all of my old, like, when I'm stressed games. So I've been playing Cranny Crush Soda and Candy Crush, <laughs> but I've maxed both of them out. So there's no more levels for me. And mm. um, I've played Field Runners and finished that again. That's it. <laughs> Well, you could download Pokemon Shuffle, and that would basically be like Candy Crush. Can I say something about that? Please. And please don't send me so many angry tweets on Twitter. I've never played a Pokemon game. Ever. This needs to change absolutely. Did we talk about this on the show, or did you just subtly evade every time we've talked about Pokemon? Uh Yeah. Uh-huh. You yep. don't need to know anything about Pokemon. You do, it's Candy Crush with Pokemon faces. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It's Pokemon Maybe Shuffle? this could be like your entry into Pokemon okay. lore. I'm downloading it I now. would actually love for you to play this so that you could compare it to Candy Crush because I was spending a little bit of time with it and I kind of hate myself for it. So <laughs> I would really love for you to try this and compare it to and, and tell say how much better or worse it is than Candy Crush. Okay. So it's called Pokemon Pokemon Shuffle just came out on iOS. Okay. I'm surprised that you have kids, Georgia, that are not into Pokemon. Are she they doesn't not? let them play video games. Right. She rules with an iron fist. But they don't play a lot. And um, and they do watch. They've just been watching Digimon on TV. And so oh, they're going they're through that. Oh, they're Digimon kids? Oh, oh. okay. Oh, I was a firm that? Pokemon fan growing up. And Digimon's Digimon like the GoBots of, of uh, Pokemon. Well, I love... I, they have, it has a great moral. I, I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> I so does really Pokemon. Pokemon? We, well, we'll have to. Uh, we'll try that as well. We'll see. I don't know, but they, you know, the Pokemon. The Pokemon show is on Netflix. So yeah, it is on Netflix. Okay. Pokemon's moral is that you should send your children out into the woods to <laughs> just live on their own and meet other children in the woods and and raise animals and and, and basically trap animals. trap animals and then force those animals to fight each other to the yes. death. That's what Pokemon is about. So I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't let a kid 
watch that because it was like my favorite show in middle well, school. Well, it's not so that whatever. I didn't. I'm not like I'm not like segregating them from Pokemon. I know it's you're not. Just, I know you're. You not. know, it's and I've never. But was, you are. <laughs> no one can really control what their kids end up getting into. Otherwise, Monster High would never have entered my house. So you know, that's yeah. Okay, well, I I will download it. Yeah, <laughs> and try out the game, and then I'll tell yeah, you. You know, next you really week. know. You really don't need to know anything about Pokemon to be able to play. Okay, it. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Maddie, what are you playing this week? Um, so I, I'm not going to talk about the Street Fighter V beta because I actually really don't have that much to say about it. I had a lot of fun with it, but I purposefully found another game to play because I don't know if people want to talk to me about Street Fighter V. I'm on Twitter, and if you tweet at me, I'm probably going to respond and talk to you for a while about it. And people have done that, and I love it. So, yeah, you can do that. Um, but anyway, so I'm finally getting caught up on games that people recommended to me literally years ago mm. with this one. Um, so I have a couple friends who are really into dating sims and are always telling me that like dating sim games are a really great opportunity for narratives. And I almost never play dating sims, but a lot of people started to get into them when Had a Full Boyfriend came out, um, which is a parody of dating sims that I talked about on the show a long time That's ago. That's the one it, with the birds. Yeah, it's yeah. it's basically just yeah. like a joke game that creates dating sim tropes but puts in these cute pigeon pictures instead of cute boys. And and that's the central joke of the game, but then it turns out that all the pigeons are actually fully rounded characters and it, it turns out to like have all these twists and be a really good game. So it sort of sucks you in with the joke premise and then is a good game. So a lot of people have been getting into dating sims because of that. And I guess I'm one of those bandwagon people. Because I played Had a Full Boyfriend and I've been starting to actually pay attention to my other friends who play Dating Sims and are like, these are actually good. So um, I decided to finally get this game called Sweet Fuse, which is often recommended as sort of an introductory dating sim that also kind of plays with the tropes but has some really good writing and is just a generally good example of the best of the form for somebody like me who has not really played any of these and doesn't really know anything about them. And um, I... So far, I completely agree with how it was introduced to me. Uh, It's really funny. It's about this girl who's uncle is opening an amusement park and then the amusement park gets immediately taken over by this evil pig character who abducts her and seven cute boys or six cute boys. <laughs> I think one of them is a cute girl, but it's kind of hard to tell with these games because there's a lot of androgyny happening, but everyone's very adorable and I'm excited to date all of them. And um, yeah, so all the characters are really cute and the story's actually really funny and clever and I in playing it, it actually reminded me a little bit of how Brie sometimes describes Danganronpa, and I sort of wondered. <gasps> what? what well, because well, because there's this same structural trope where you have this sort of evil character who's kidnapping all of these young, adorable teens, and they are all suddenly in an apocalyptic situation where they have to save the day, but also they get to know each other in the process. And um, obviously this is specifically a dating sim, whereas I think Danganronpa kind of has some dating elements, but that's not the whole game. So I think if I were more literate in these games, then I would be able to draw a more a better comparison here, but I'm, I'm really into this so far and I'm actually excited to get more literate in, in these types of games in a, in a very literal sense because they're, they're text-based games and I always really liked reading. So 
I don't know why I wouldn't play more text-based games, but I, I don't play very many of them, and, and I actually really like them. So I'm going to try to play more of these. And there seem to be a ton of them on the Vita, like Danganronpa is the obvious example that we t- talk about on the show all the time. But at the time, when we were talking about that, I think we were all kind of like, well, what else is there on the Vita? And I think the answer to that is actually dating sims, and some of them are very good. So... If I find out about more that are good, I'll let you know slash the listeners know. I, I think it's always sad when I watch the dating sims when you're talking about how everyone's really cute. Is that exactly that? Like, everyone's really cute. And it kind of pushes back that thought that looks are so exceptionally important I know. when people date for kids, especially that are young. Or uh, what if yeah. you're not cute and you're on this dating sim and it's, again, pushing uh, this. That's a really good point. You know, and like pushing this, can, like, everyone has to be beautiful and that's what really matters. And you know, you know, it's just, I don't know. I find it sad because there's a lot of people that are not beautiful and, you know, really you're married. Like we all just like age and get worse looking as time goes on. (laughs) I know you don't stay a sexy teen and some of us were never sexy teens. So why do I relate to this? I don't. Yeah. But it's your personality that you're stuck with from someone. And I think that it's just too bad that we now start off kids right away with like, make sure this is really important. And it's really, that is true. And like, I think there are probably examples. This is me just not knowing, but I think there actually are like indie dating Sims and things that play with this idea that everybody is supposed to be attractive where there are characters with different body types and like different personalities and stuff that, or different races or whatever. So I, I guess like in this game, yes, everybody is slim, everybody is pale, everybody is conventionally attractive according to those expectations, which is crappy, sure. But I am really new to this, so I guess I just don't want to assume yet what, I don't know, what might be out there for dating sims because I keep hearing that they're actually pretty progressive. So I'm a little hopeful that there might be some diversity there that I just don't know about yet because I'm just starting out. Hmm. but yeah i don't know maybe they're all just cute boys and <laughs> what can i say i mean like as a misandrist like that's all i really care right. about so as long as you're honest about it yeah i mean i'm pretty upfront about like my needs which are cute digital men i i personally will not stop until every single man in a video game is uh shirtless uh, when they exist at all, which I'm hoping will be never. So yeah, you know, if they have to exist, yeah. then right, shirtless, hot. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know what? Yep. It's kind of interesting, and I'm sorry because this is going to go on a tangent, and I'm <laughs> and the one that Georgia, said that I have you to keep get out at ten, ruining but, everything. I know, I'm sorry. No, I'm, just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're being, you're making, Ow, bringing up important that points. That hurt. That hurt, Maddie. That hurt. No, no. Um, I appreciate your contributions to the show. It was just a joke. <laughs> this goes all the way back to when I was. I worried that I would be voted off each show. Um. <laughs> Shh, don't don't cast your vote yet um so that's what the survey is for yeah Charge. there's a survey <laughs> yes okay really i better win okay i'm still waiting survey.isometric.com if mechagodzilla wins then mechagodzilla so will upset. replace Georgia on My the show voted for and that's gonna make it really hard to edit he voted when he told me i was really angry i'm like you're kidding right and he's like please you wouldn't have a chance and i'm like oh that's it you're out um but when you're talking about how, like, you know, you're not going to stop until, like, any ma- every single male is, like, shirtless and everything else, it's kind of interesting because it used to be that on the media it was only women that were portrayed. They were always beautiful and looking fabulous. And there were a lot of women that came in, and I saw a lot of more greater propensity of women to have eating disorders and body dysmorphia and all kinds of other issues. And now 
on the media now, men are, you know, looking more and more like the guy that plays Thor and they're being more shirtless. And there's a huge increase in men that are going through the exact same thing about, you know, issues as social anxiety and how do they look and what is their body type. And they're not checking out to what now the, the social media is to them as well. And so it's, um, it's a sad state of affairs that we're now everything's photoshopped and looking fabulous. And it, uh, it causes an effect on our, you know, boys and girls as we grow up because we're just really stuck on appearances. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks a lot, okay. Georgia. For what it's worth, I'd be happy to play a dating sim with a variety of body types. Of I know. No, I, I wasn't saying. No, I actually know that you would. Because I know you were. But I'm telling that. our listeners to make that game and/or link it to me because uh, I would love to play it. Exactly. And if it's out there, I want to know about it because I'd be into it. So, so Brie, what else are you playing this week other than uh, other than Metal Gear and Until Dawn? Do you know that beautiful, beautiful? beautiful time of year when you are so surrounded by games you've waited so long for and all of them are so fun that you could barely like it's like do i eat the the chocolate cake or the chocolate <laughs> chocolate cake i i yeah, can't yeah, decide yeah. i'm surrounded by yeah so uh danganronpa uh another episode came out uh it came out tuesday i ordered the special edition which didn't come until today which comes with oh. my own monokuma eye patch guys <laughs> oh my so god i I'm, I'm kind of i'm like like it gives me a headache when i wear it but i kind of you have to suffer for your art brie i'm thinking this should be my look so the next time I go on cable TV, I'm really thinking about wearing that eye patch. Yeah. I'm really thinking I about that. At least that. the next time you do a panel right? somewhere. I need a picture. Well, yeah, next time we do an isometric show, but I want a picture. No, I'm talking CNN. <laughs> I'm going to go, go all out. Brie like, can't waste doing? this eye patch right, on us, Georgia. So, she can't wait to sit on us. Got to do it on CNN. Uh Gosh, so along with uh, the quality eye patch I got came a game, and <laughs> I, will, I will probably I talk have to a look lot this more up about now, this. Bree's not going to send yeah. me a picture. I will send you a will picture, Will you? Georgia. With you Sometime wearing it? Sometime when my hair is washed, I will do that. Um, <laughs> when my hair is washed? <laughs> actually, I have to, um, for the, the corporate sponsorship I'm doing, I have to I have to get some headshots taken. Maybe I'll <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they love that. Pro- oh, oh, I, I want yeah. a pro picture of it. That's yeah, perfect. That would be great. Um, no, the game itself, if you have not played a Danganronpa game yet... This is the game to pick up and play. The The production values are exponentially higher than any of the other games. It's not a visual novel. It's uh, an over-the-shoulder shooter. Um, it is The story for it is really, really good so far. Um, the reviews of it have me worried that it's not going to rise up to the perfection of Danganronpa 1, but it is a really good place to to start with it. Um, I, I've only played about an hour and a half of it so far, so I can't give you detailed feedback, but uh, it, it starts off with a bang. So I am playing that, and I'm loving it. Does it spoil Danganronpa 1? Yes. Have, okay, so that's something that people should be aware of if they're... Well, I mean... But if, yeah, I mean, if you know you're not going to play it, then... The the only relevant part of Danganronpa, it's... I mean, the, the fun part of Danganronpa 1 is solving the mysteries and getting to know the characters. Um, this game, 
assumes you know what the incident is. It assumes that you know who the mastermind was. It assumes you know who Monokuma is. But that that wouldn't take away your enjoyment of playing Danganronpa 1. So, um, I don't know. Um, it's it's really good so far. That's what I can say. There's no uh, Junko and Doshima yet, though. And that is my favorite game. She is my favorite character in any video game ever. And I'm very disappointed about that. I want more Junko and Doshima. <laughs> so, Steve, what are you playing? Well, so I have been on vacation this week, so I've been playing You're on all the games. Yeah, well, I'm, I... I'm a jerk, so I took vacation the week that the girls went back to school. <laughs> so, so I could actually get some peace and quiet. Wow. <laughs> so, You're a mastermind. It's actually been nice because it's been like a week of date days with me and Maureen during the day, Aww. which has actually been really nice. That's wonderful. Um, which we both needed a lot. But so I've I played a bunch of stuff and I'll, I'll cut it down to two things that were more significant. So we the girls and I started playing this game called Runbo for the Wii U, which is up there with indie game of the year for me right now wow it is really really like it is smash brothers eight eight player smash levels of fun Hmm. um so the idea is that it's a platformer and it it supports up to nine people at a time and you're running from one end to the other and uh, trying to trying to get to the other side as fast as possible and you're punching each other and you're throwing each other into traps and all the time the all these platforms are different colors are you a chicken you, uh, I, there's a lot of things you can be. I don't think a chicken is one of them, okay. though. But there are... Because then you would have answered that age-old question. What, why is the chicken cross the road? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I think Crossy Road already endeavored to answer that one. Yeah. Just but, kidding. They don't explain anything about why in that game. Yeah, but, but you can be uh, male or female in any of the colors, and there's a whole bunch of different outfits that you unlock to, to be able to differentiate yourself. Ooh. But So each one of the platforms is a different color, and the background of the stage changes... And when the background matches the platform, the platform disappears. So, like, you'll be making a jump and all of a sudden the platform's not there anymore and you'll fall to your death. And it's it's a ton of fun. And it's what we've been playing is there's this one mode called Color Master where one person has the Wii U gamepad and they are, like, setting traps on the level with the gamepad, like, touching, like, dropping bombs and, and, like, leaving lightning strikes and stuff like that while the other people are trying to get to the end of the level. And if anybody reaches the end, then they win. And if nobody gets to the end, then the color master wins. And so we've been giving that to one of the twins who isn't quite as good at that. And then she can just, you know, bomb the hell out of us. And she has, like, a blast with it. So I can't recommend this game enough if you have a Wii U. You should absolutely check it out. Um, Hmm. So that's what I've been doing with them. And then... Uh, so, Brie, last week you said you were downloading Hearthstone. You were going to give it a try. So I figured fair is fair. Mm-hmm. So I have been giving Destiny a legitimate shot this week. Oh, cool. And I I picked up my character who was level 7 when I gave up on it. I brought the character up to level 12. I'm playing it, and I think that it seems like they might have improved the loot drops they did. since I played it. And I yep. think that makes a big difference. Because I remember one of the reasons that I stopped playing is because one of the draws of Di- of a game like this, like Diablo, because I've played, you know, plenty of Diablo, is that if the loot drops aren't interesting, if there's not really – there's not as much to keep your interest. And given that I'm not a huge first-person shooter fan to begin with, it just got grindy and boring. So I've been finding that when I've been playing it now, I've been getting better weapons and I've been getting a lot more weapons and – I don't know if the experience is increasing faster or not, so I'm getting more abilities. and It's gotten more interesting as I've gotten a little bit further. I did some kind of self-experimentation on myself this week 
because when I started playing it, I was playing it at night after everybody went to bed and I was getting like throw the controller frustrated with the game. And I just was not, I was getting killed left and right. I got into one of those areas where it limits respawning and I was just dying over and over again and losing ammo every time I did. And I eventually got through it, but I was like, I, I was done. And then I tried, since I'm on vacation, the next day I tried it while I was on my ADD meds and it's like night and day. Hmm. And, and what I'm noticing is that I, when I'm not on the meds, I don't pick up like movement in the background. And I don't pick up, like, movement of the enemies, and I can't tell where somebody's firing at me as easily. Whereas when I was on the meds, I was basically headshot, 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 get out of my way. And so I think that that made a huge difference. But the problem for me is that being the game that it is, that's pretty much incompatible with the way that I I can play. Because normally I'm not on vacation, and the only opportunity I'm going to have to play the game is after the kids are in bed and after my medicine's worn off and then I'm getting killed repeatedly. So I have a feeling that destiny is going to be like, it's, it's a, it's not you, it's me type of thing where I, I, it definitely has improved. The, the, the story is still terrible. And every time Peter Dinklage opens up his stupid robot mouth, I want to, I want to (laughs) scream. They're replacing him, you know, I know. And it's not even going to sound better because if you listen to the voice acting Nolan North is doing, that's who it is, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's Nolan North, yeah. It it doesn't sound that much better. Like, it's the lines, you know? I think think the problem is that the game tries to impart, like, so much gravitas with, like, the music and with the setting and with everything that's going on. And then Peter Dinklage is like, "Uh uh-oh, here come these guys. And it's like, he just destroys it. Like, it just completely, like, it's so off that it destroys all the mood for it. So at least if if Nolan North can at least just keep the mood enough, then Uh, it will make it a little bit better. But, I mean, all the, you know, all the names are just, like, my my six-year-old is coming up with, sounds like she's coming up with some of the names. And I can't keep, I still can't keep any of the terminology straight. But I, I will definitely say that it has improved since the last time that I tried it. So I, they're doing a deal at GameStop where it, since I don't have any of the expansions, what they're doing is if you trade in the original game, they'll um, give you credit. And so that the the le- whatever the, the collector's edition of the Taken King will come out to the $40 that just the expansion is by itself. So I might I might look at doing that. And give it another try once. But then you have to get a GameStop. I know, I know. (laughs) See, Bree, this is what I'm willing to do for you. Uh Is I'm willing to set stuff. Look, if you want to grind out like uh, you know some experience, like you know, I'm very happy to play with you. Like I've got 34. Like we can sail through any mission that game. Well, I I may I may take you up on that this weekend. Yeah. but but I don't have the expansions as a thing, so I would be able to get both expansions for the price. Or do you not need it once the Taken King comes out? Uh, The, The first two expansions. Well, no, you'll you'll need those definitely. So that's why that's why it would be the same price to because each one of those is twenty bucks by themselves, right? I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I thought uh, they were thirty actually. It yeah. is. I'm not. I could be wrong though. I shouldn't make claims. I can't back up. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I, I will I will definitely give you that it is much better than it was when we originally talked about. I it. mean, if you want to get all the way to twenty, like they're going to re-level the light system, so it it goes differently. But uh, I don't know. Um, I know I shot all the way through uh, level seven to level thirty four in three weeks uh, because, like, with the expansion coming, they've just like really exponentially risen up the the level, right? Because they just they want people to be ready to buy the new thing. So I don't know. Or I maybe I'll be far it. enough yeah. that I can just take advantage of the level boost and be done with it. 
Yeah, who knows? That's, who that's knows? another that's another possibility. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you're not going to understand any of the high-level mechanics then. It's going to be cheating yourself. Oh, it so. doesn't matter. There's no way I'm going to get any of those things anyway. So <laughs> I love what you're saying. It's going to be cheating yourself. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be lucky if I'm play, if I'm playing this mostly not on my meds when other people are around. I'm going to be lucky if I'm just not being a liability in general. So. <laughs> oh, I suck way more than you. I, I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I didn't take um, Bree seriously when she said it either. So and, and the only other the only other thing I want to mention is that I I start I picked up finally Heroes of the Storm again uh, this week and I there was a listener uh, Mary Melody XX on Twitter started up a isometric chat yeah there's Aww. like a channel in there so if you want to find so other fandas to play with yeah so that that might help so I'll, that I might play with some people who are in there um, I'm I'm not playing it as much as I was but I'm you know giving it a little bit more of a try so if you go into the game and you type slash join isometric show. Uh, slash join space isometric show you will join that chat and then you know you can hang out with other listeners and stuff like that too if you happen to be in there so yeah um all right so do georgia needed to go like 45 minutes ago do we, do we have anything do <laughs> we have really anything for housekeeping before we uh before we let let people go Bree, do you write anything for the mary sue that we should you know link it <laughs> yeah yeah link, link to to this this an article, says, we could use the traffic yeah right? we need the traffic i don't think anyone read um, it or, like that's what i heard well you know yeah uh, is there anything else anybody wants to plug this week before we let these people go? Take the survey. Oh, this take is the, the survey, last definitely. week we're going to tell you to take the survey. If yeah. you are a person who is a passenger of a car that is listening to this, I want you to also take the survey, when you're especially not those wives and girlfriends out there who are like, I'm not a gamer. Yes, you are. You listen to the show. You love the show. Admit it. Take the survey. And everyone knows That's my message. who should win. In a fight. Yeah, and I, obviously yes. you should and vote, vote for, Georgia. for Georgia Dow, or you should vote your conscience. You know, yeah. it's important to vote. That always makes me lose, though. So vote or die. <laughs> vote or die. I was on yeah. Twitter. Um, did you talk ahead. about anything good? Go ahead. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We we did we talked about all kinds of really interesting things. Oh, and I was on um, Spawn on Me. I was on there yesterday, and our friends who over there, and that should be out the day after this goes live it was a lot of fun it was really long but it was it was a lot of fun i got to talk to <laughs> cicero holmes and uh sharif jackson for two hours Sweet. about all kinds of stuff awesome so, and they let me talk about hearthstone so you know oh that you was, were in that love was fun too. Yeah, yeah not like here where we just make fun of you yeah and they and they affirmed my <laughs> pronunciation of mario so that was <gasps> whatever that was on... whatever I, they're dead to I me can't now even process it <laughs> yeah <laughs> So anyway, so <laughs> we'll just we'll just kind of let that go. You can have that as a teaser. <laughs> so as always, I should have put that on the survey. I didn't yeah, put it in the survey. How do you pronounce Mario? You should have put that on the survey. That's, See, you missed is out. Steve right or is Steve wrong? There's a part in the in the survey where you can write in additional information. I would like to hear what people think about that. So yeah, take the survey. I don't know. I, I was I was among friends on on that show. Huh. So that's all. Uh, not that I'm not among friends here. But. <laughs> no, you're clearly not. You're clearly not. <laughs> So anyway, so you can you can find the show notes for this show at every show at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can send us uh, all your email uh, feedback that does not fit in the survey, which is at survey.isometricshow.com. But you can send your email feedback to feedback at isometricshow.com. And you can always, uh, as always, rate and review the show on iTunes. Uh, you can check out all the other shows that are part of the amazing Relay.fm network, including Bree Show Rocket and all of the other fine shows that are available on the network. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter. The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. And, Bree, where can people find you? <laughs> Just look at the hashtag trans, Transmus. 
Just look that up and you'll see people yelling at me. Or go to my uh, Twitter account, Space Cat Gal. And Maddie, where can people find you? Um, I'm at Samus Clone talking about Street Fighter, probably. <laughs> and, and Georgia, where can we find you and your shark friend? You, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. If you or someone you know has anxiety, we're also launching a video series for treating anxiety at home. That's anxiety-videos.com. Alleged videos. Alleged videos <laughs> in front of me. Monday. Monday. <laughs> Monday it's going to go out. I, I feel wow. guilty because every time I go to my computer, I see it sitting there. I'm like, I have to go and... and I need it this week, Del. <laughs> Where were you? I know. Where were you? Oh, I feel really guilty. Well, 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 you can go. That's why she had to go so early because she had to go make the video. Now the video is going to be late. Yeah, she's going to send it over, right? Yeah. Send it all around. Anyway, thank you as always for listening and uh, we'll be back. Yeah. Oh, my God.